Hello and welcome to the Problematic Sticker Anime Podcast. I am your host, Neil Bolt, here to take you through another week of anime news, reviews, and general things that make us go, yes, that basically means anime done a naughty thing and someone talked about it. That, that's generally what, or Chris talked, and that's usually another thing that, that sets it off as well. I um, mean, that's, I'm the reason why we named it This Coming Come On. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't check you by accident. Let's put it that way. So. Yes. Um, yeah, so yeah, as you, you can hear, joining me is, of course, Chris DeVissa, the, the reason for being yeah, as it is. Because I am indeed problematic and deserving of a sticker. Yes, you are. Uh, you are. Right on, my, right on my mouth. Just yeah, that, shut that, up, Chris. <laughs> there's, there's no kink shaming going on here. Don't worry. Um, also joining us is, of course, the man on every podcast on the planet, mostly as long as it's to do with Final Fantasy fourteen. It is Ben Shiller Hall. Yes, I am here. You, of course, you're here. Come on, I am what always it, here. What would it be without a Ben? Ah, scary. Uh, very scary, actually. Disturbing, even. Yeah, I mean, like I said, if anyone was to go from this podcast, and it was you. That would be just the end times. You know cats and dogs living together sort of thing as they say remember that um, scene in the simpsons where everyone's holding hands singing songs in joy that that's probably what would be happening <laughs> <laughs> but morning obviously in morning um also joining us of course is the smooth the sultry it is klaus nightbringer hello how's it going everybody good stuff see he is smooth and sultry <laughs> i proved it right there <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> oh, I've got all the quiver. <laughs> uh, also joining us, um, I have wasted my good noons-based uh, pun for the week on the last podcast we did. So sorry, Tim. It's Tim. Get thee to a noonsery. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I'm not uh, for myself. Next up oh. is... The human punch bag, except he occasionally punches back. It is Gary Bagdazaro. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I even here? <laughs> You've just answered your own questions. <laughs> to get punched around, okay. <laughs> we love you, really. Love you. <laughs> um, of course, that's not all, because we have a bumper lineup for people. We have joining us. All the way from Alfonsoville, Alfonso Boxel. Hello, everyone. And oh. finally, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't done. Chill. I said to check he was actually on the call first before I did. But anyway, um, yes, joining us all the way from Japan, the most real anime thing about this entire podcast. It is, of course. Coming back for a second week, Ernest Lynn. Yes, yeah. My life is just too anime. Too anime. You are exhaustingly too... anime. Exhaustingly <laughs> anime. But yeah, it's good to be back. Grand stuff. So we got a lot to talk about this week. Yeah, we have our usual weekly show reviews. Of course, we have Boruto and My Hero Academia. Also, touch upon the 30th anniversary of Akira, uh, the Dragon Ball Super trailer. Uh, Ernest will talk a bit about Mariah of the Future from uh, Sabbath, and then of course we'll go into our 
anime of the week, Violet Evergarden. So, kicking it off is the My Hero Academia talk, which, as ever, should be voiced by the smooth and silky tones of Mr. Nightbringer. Oh, I'm not sure about that, but I can definitely get this going for everybody. So this was actually a pr- another really good episode. They continue on. Um, they basically leave off where Deku had gotten his new boots and was basically keep protecting All Might from that falling boulder. And he's everyone's all like, ooh, what's going on? And it was all pretty cool. Then he kind of explained what he wanted to do, you know, how he went, went about it. And I really think that it was a very smart way for him to try and make his power his own to, to take um, one for all and, and make it something of his instead of just copying All Might. And become a speed type hero in the process instead of, you know, a power yes. hero like All Might. Exactly. Because basically he still has a lot to learn about the, his quirk. So, you know, taking it as a speed type is going to be a lot easier on his body versus going all out with the power. I mean, we saw the, the damage it did to his arms when he would uh, go all out with it. And can I just say, I'm really mad at how how mu- pissed off everybody got at him for damaging his body to get out of that. Like, you fuckers weren't there. You didn't see how powerful muscular was. Like, he had to do that to survive. What do you want? Yeah. Uh, that, that's just me screaming at the TV. <laughs> I think the reason they got set with him on that was because he did it so many other times before that. Yeah. And his body went through, you know, it basically almost gave out on him. He, he He's lucky that oh, yeah. he got this far. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it just proved this show is so good at building up the characters and, and, and continuing on with the storyline. It's 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 amazing. So, once they got through with that, they um, started talking about the upcoming um, licensing, um, provisional licensing test. And it, it turns out there's going to be multiple sites giving out this test, and they're going to be splitting up the classes... So class A is going to be going to one site. Class B is going to be going to another site. and Which pissed off some of class B because they wanted to beat class A. No, yes and no. That one guy was just being a jerk. He was actually relieved that they weren't going to be facing off against class A. <laughs> that guy always like tries to talk so much shit on class A, but in the end, everybody's just like, what the hell is wrong with him? Like, shut the fuck up, dude, right? <laughs> <laughs> they, they wanted to say that, but they can't because it's a, it's a, a, a kid-friendly show, so. Is it? <laughs> well, they don't swear in it, at least. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, they get to the site of, of this year's um, provisional licensing, and they are just shocked at how many people are there. There are uh, people from like higher level, higher classes from other schools, and just from all across the country. One thousand five hundred and forty participants. Yes, including the ones from the uh, their rival school uh, in the West, and I cannot remember what the name of that school is. Shijitsu K or something like that. It starts with an S. Something like that, yes. But they're, it's they're always they're like number two to UA's number one. Not that they're really number two, but you know what I mean. Well, and, they are. 
No, apparently, apparently the and and we should talk about the new characters that they're introducing that look like they're going to be major players. Is the rival from that school the guy that supposedly they said has, is more powerful than uh, Todoroki? Oh yes, and we haven't seen what his power. You know, he was like over the top, excited to meet them. Like slams his head which, into the concrete. He bows so hard, was so great. Which as Back. you found out from Bakugo was actually him sort of lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really interested to see where that's going because yeah. Bakugo picked up something immediately. So, yeah. and they said that he's super powerful. And uh, hey, it's it's one it's the new guys that we saw in the credits, the opening credits. So, or, so we'll see uh, kind of what they can do hopefully here soon. Yes. So then they go into the room with where, where they, they that poor guy, um, the the proctor who basically oh, got in, like, zero sleep. Oh, you yes, missed the here. laughing girl though. By the way, or was it laughing? The woman oh, has the power oh, the, of laughter. Uh, Miss Joke. Miss Joke. Yes. That wants to date uh, oh, Eraserhead. Eraserhead. Yeah, because they used to work very close together when they were pro heroes. Like, we're going to be right. It's like, no, are you joking? <laughs> it, it's uh, fortunate it. for uh, Eraserhead, her work doesn't work too well on him. Uh, yep. Basically, what she can do is she can make anybody laugh and basically uh, take them off guard. And then she she proceeds to kick their butt from there. She's basically a good joker. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That is kind of weird. <laughs> what else do you have? What's the opposite of joker? Well, try to help them and make them laugh. So she's like know. a clown that's not scary. Indeed. Indeed. She's she's so far my favorite clown. I'm, not, I'm, I'm holding my opinion on that. Anyway, I don't like clowns. <laughs> That's why I said sleep. a clown that's clowns not scary. me. Why? There's so many friendly clowns out there in the mainstream media. That, um, yeah, oh, that okay. one from it. Yeah. <laughs> Pennywise. Remember that scene what? with the balloons? Where he, what, like, a jo- what a jolly ah, fellow. Ah, 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 I can't go on. Ah, no, anyway. Ah. Anyway, so they get into the, uh, the testing area, and like I said, that proctor is just He's been working so hard he gets like no sleep, and he's just basically telling it how it is. It's it, it, he, he was hilarious. I thought. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I thought it was head. just secretly his quirk. <laughs> it, it seemed like it would something like that, but it just he was just like so like over the top honest with these kids yeah. as to what was going to be going on. It was it was actually refreshing yet funny. Mm-hmm. He's basically telling him, "Okay, you're going to have to go through all this." crap to, to get through this and it's going to be a pain in the ass and why can't I just go to bed <laughs> <laughs> I want to get this over with so I can sleep finally super super relatable love it yeah so he ends up explaining what they're going to be doing the kids all think that it's going to be a roughly a 50% pass rate however when they when they, they tell them what they got to do is um, the first 100 to uh, knock out two opponents are going to get the provisional license. So 100 out of 1,540. That's less than 1% of them will pass. Uh, it was actually, I found out that was a mistranslation um, because one less than 1% yeah. is inaccurate. Less than she 10%. Was, it was actually, it was supposed to be less than 10%. So yes. something to be aware of. Yes, true. My brain wasn't doing math very well that day either. Oh, mine, mine wasn't either. I, I didn't think about it later until I saw it in a Reddit forum. Yep. They said less than 1%, but it was it is 
just it's about seven point five percent. So, so instead of fifty percent, it's going to be a lot less than that. And the the other thing that the uh, kids were unaware of is the yearly ritual where all of the schools and all of the other participants team up against UA Academy. What what do they call it? The UA Crush or something like that? Something along those lines. So, but the the, the UA kids were smart. Most of them kind of stuck together, and while everybody thinks that you the UA kids are going to be easy targets because everybody knows what their quirks are and some of their weaknesses, they don't know that they have all been working all summer to try and shore up some of those weaknesses make changes to their quirks and improve upon themselves and they come out swinging. Mm-hmm. Some of the moves that we see from uh, all the different uh, uh, class students, it's amazing. Yep, Deku's really showing off his power already. That's similar to All Might power where it seems like now he can just kick the air and create uh, create powerful gusts. Oh, I, I, you didn't mention so the so the exam is they each get three balls and they have to put three targets on their body. And the goal is to hit uh, these targets in order to eliminate the other players. And yep. the first 100 players who can um, essentially do that are, are, the, is it, are they doing by who eliminates someone first or like the last 100 standing is what they're doing? Uh, it's the so first it's, 100 to eliminate two yeah. players. And the elimination shot players. is the third shot on a person. Yeah, yes. it doesn't matter if you get the first two. If you don't get the last shot, it doesn't count. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so, so no kill. So no kill assists. Yep. You can steal. Kill steal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's gonna be uh, lots of kill stealing on that. So you got It's it's kind of one of those really tricky type of uh, situations. Yes. Do you go after someone that's fresh, or do you wait and try and go after someone that's nearly dead? And I mean, if you wait for too long, you've got the risk of not being able to get you two kills. Or you run the risk of of getting hit yourself. Yeah. So yep, basically, exactly. you're either going to be camping, or you're going to be you know super sneaky about it. It's really going to be um, one of those things that benefits the stalker type um, quirks. I'll be honest. If you think wouldn't about it, would it be great for uh, Shadow Guy? Because remember, he's yep. been training to cover himself with the shadow. Can't he just use the shadow to cover the switches? Oh, no, they I can't say do that, that, that can they? Well, nope. though technically he, he does have them out in the open, yeah. I wouldn't see that using his quirk to cover it would be against the rules because if you think about it, a lot of these other people are using their quirk to block or, or stop them from hitting them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it that, that's a we'll have to see. I mean, I, I mean, it can be a temp- it can be a temporary thing, so he can maybe use it to yeah. block as they're incoming yeah. and then unblock. You know after yeah. that yeah that'll yeah we'll have to see kind of how the rules go um ba- basically i've seen this is this is kind of the the competition trope that we've seen before i'm getting serious uh tournament of power vibes and uh the hunter exam from hunter hunter is kind of what it's feeling mm-hmm. like so they're going to be like king together but then you have of course the characters like bakugo and todoroki which are like frieza and goku basically they're just like no i'm going to go off on my own and you have the rest yep. of them all sticking together. So I think we're going to see a lot of that, like, um, kind of same sense of 
uh, that we saw in the Tournament of Power, like who's going to come into play later, who's, I'm sure there are going to be some saves going on, and we're just, I mean, everything we've seen already from shows like that, I, I am, I'm excited to see what they do different, but I kind of feel like I already know what we can expect from this. Um, I have a feeling not all of the uh, 1A students are going to be making it through to the next round. I think we're going to see a lot of character growth from this incident as well as as players are eliminated. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited more for that kind of development. And yeah, to definitely, of course, to see all of the new moves that they've all been working on. But please get back. Uh, please get Midori get like to the end because I hated the fact that he got um, kicked out. In the last one, at like the on the sort of, well, semi-finals, wasn't it really? Yeah, yeah. Todoroki beat him in the semi yeah. in the semi-finals, and then Todoroki fought Bakugo. I'd rather fight see Midori fight at the end because you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm hope I am hoping for for a nice good showdown with Midoriya where he can really show off uh, how he can you know how his powers yeah. have grown have grown and. How he can? I'm really hoping that he can prove that he fight without damaging his body now. Um, between between the iron boots and the bracers okay. and kind of all that stuff. So yeah. By the way, he has those in the movie. It looks like so. Sweet. Which, which we haven't talked about the movie trailer yet that uh, that came out. I only saw a little bit of it. I couldn't find an official trailer. Yeah, I haven't yet seen it either. Mm. But I did see the fact that we'll get to see some young uh, All Might somehow. So, um, well, I'm young, as, what, young Might? Young Might. All young. So yeah, I, that, I can't wait for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for where this, this, this story is going. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Right, well then we move on to the other show mention, which is the Bruto. By the way, sorry, one second. My Heroes US release date is September. There you go. Excellent. Breaking news. Breaking news, apart from the fact that it's not. But yes, it is. It's kind of middle-ish news. Yeah, (laughs) I I suppose, yeah. No, I was talking about how bad bad your... uh, Oh yeah, (laughs) if I don't hear that more than... Ten times in the next week, I, I will be. So I have to say. <laughs> anyway, Bruto, Klaus, please again. <laughs> you yeah. just have the natural voice to just lead us in into this uh, this part of the show. It, it works. All right, I'll, I'll I'll take that. I'll take that. So the uh, the the and Sasuke and Boruto um, were left fighting the. Uh, Otsutsukiya clan? How do I pronounce that again? Otsutsuki clan. Which I learned today actually means big bamboo. Not that that's really relevant, but it just it just happened to be something I was reading. Gary, your new name is Otsutsuki, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> he tuned us out. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like, I'm done. I'm done. Fuck anyway. shit, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um so we we leave them fighting um a very powered up um member of the Otsutsuki clan and um the fighting we get between um he he basically makes real quick work 
of the the four Kage and and knocks them back and kind of out of the battle, leaving Naruto and Sasuke to um to face up against him. And there were some amazing fight scenes. Some of the artwork in this was phenomenal. Some I of the told best you it wasn't it was you, you did tell me that, Ben, and I was just uh, um, awestruck by the quality of artwork we got in this episode. That combo where um, Naruto threw the shuriken and the shuriken turned out to be Sasuke. Finally, Sasuke to warp himself. <laughs> yeah. Wild. The things that they did in this battle scene, I mean, it was it was a lot of it was used in previous um, fight scenes in uh, the Naruto series, but it was just a great throwback to those scenes um, and changed up just enough. Yeah. It, it, it was amazing. And then Boruto gets involved um, after, um, God, what is his name? Momoshiki? Yeah, Momoshiki. Um, a- after he um, basically knocks out or knocks back uh, Naruto and Sasuke, yeah. um, he comes in with, with a Rasengan, and, the, uh, vanishing Rasengan. Well, it looks like it, it just starts to fade away and disappears. Yeah. And then a few seconds later, uh, it hits him in the face. And that's when uh, Sasuke tells us that Boruto has learned to infuse a little bit of lightning chakra into the Rasengan, which changes the uh, its aspect and causes it to disappear. Yeah. Which is kind of a, ni- a neat little quirk. You know, he doesn't even know how he did it, but he did it. And that, and Sasuke realized it, but Boruto didn't. Until they, they flash back to a scene where he's working it and it disappears and a big dent appears in a tree. Yeah, he was like, oh man, what, it's not working. And then yes, the tree got damaged. <laughs> but so then they, they all work together. And they, they build this giant Rasengan, which basically seems like it's drawing off of Naruto's power and the power of all of their masters from before. The, yeah. the fourth um, from Jiraiya. From, yeah, just from everybody and, and just their thoughts and their feelings. And this freaking Rasengan is, like, massive. Yeah. And spirit then, bomb. Yeah, it's, it's spirit bomb size. Yeah. I mean, it is definitely... Uh, um, uh, what do they call those? Um, the uh, Tell Beast bomb size. Yeah, Tell Beast. And then Boruto puts his spin on it, and it disappears again. Yeah. And then they, they 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 continue this fight, and basically they do more substitution jutsu, and it, oh, just there, there's so much happening in this fight. I just cannot recall every moment of I it. I remember but... it's like, oh, you won't fool me with that again. Hits him, disappears. <laughs> yep and it basically it ends with him just getting smashed in the face by a giant rasengan um overpowering a copy of the rasengan yeah that that uh momoshiki tries to use and uh he ends up basically getting shot into space and then blowing up but and, before that um he kind of bars kind of have vision talking with him saying that you and oh yeah you defeated me you're kind of you kind of have some type of, like, um, he said you're, you're going to be infused with my, like, powers based off the eye that Naruto, I mean, Barto had in the blue, yeah. the, the blue eye that, that constantly goes and comes when yes. in um, certain situations. 
I did some a little bit of research on that again, and apparently the uh, the Otsotsuki clan, one of their their major powers is the the uh, Byakugan, yeah. which you know which you know went down to the Hyuga clan, but uh, it, it started with the uh, the Otsotsuki clan, and then there were two factions of it. There was the ones that stayed on Earth, and then there was the ones up on the moon. And I think this one is 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 partially from the ones up on the moon, yeah, which is why we, which is, uh... that's why we hear, um, uh, what's his name? Sorry, help me out here, Ben. Tanari? Uh, Tanari? No, their their teammate. Oh, I can't remember now. Right, I can see him in my head. Uh, Orochimaru's spawn. Um, are you uh, Mitsuki? Mitsuki, yes. Yeah. That's why Mitsuki always calls him his his moon, right? Yeah, I think so. Isn't yeah? I think he calls him that he's the moon, right? Yeah. So I think that all relates together. I just thought it's because it was like the, with the leaf, with the whole. Um, I always just thought it was the yeah, like with the root. Yeah, I remember they used to have the root ninja, which is Danzo's. I, th- I think a lot of this actually came when um, yeah. Naruto was infused with some of uh, um, was it Indra's power? Yeah. Back in in, in Shippuden. Yeah. And and some of that might have actually leaked down into uh, his children. Well, that, that's what used to happen though, Red, because each one was an incarnation of Indra originally. Mm. Mm-hmm. Reincarnation of Indra. So yeah. Be interesting to see what they do with that eye because now that they've got past the movie, which by the way they redesigned that boss, that yeah. that, that final, and he looks so much better in the redesign compared to the original. The original, he just looks so generically like a demon. Well, he de- he definitely needs Manny and a petty. <laughs> Not as much as no, the original version, though. Oh, it was even worse, huh? Yeah. But no, it was it was a good episode. Like I said, some of the best animation I've seen in a, a Naruto series in a very long time. Um, it's one of those series where it seems like they 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 take breaks from you know drawing the entire series, and it just gets to be th- that real cheap stop motion kind of thing where where they'll just the background will move kind of cheaply, but the characters will kind of just move without really moving. Mm-hmm. So this was all well drawn out, and it was just so smooth. I thought they did a fabulous job. Fantastic to hear. So does that, does that wrap up our thoughts on that? Or... Unless you guys have other things to add into that. No, no I don't think there's any movies or anything yeah. like that at the Comic Con. So. Well, we've got other things to talk about, yeah. So it's, uh, but, yeah, that's the end of the Bruto discussion. That, that's the main thing. But, yes. Yeah, sounds promising, as usual. But there were trailers, uh, of course, this week, in general speaking, which included the Dragon Ball Super movie trailer, which, uh, yes. of course, uh, is the, the Broly uh, movie trailer, if you will, uh, which, of course, yes, did indeed feature the Lost Saiyan, if you will. And Broly... Who, yeah, I mean, whether you'd seen or not, the fact that the trailer gives away that he fights against three different uh, combatants kind of gives you away that two of them are losing, you know, straight away. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and the, fact that, the fact that Goku's mentioned third kind of gives that 
a little air of uh, you know something. So yeah, I know they get that people expect and stuff, but a little bit surprised would be nice, you know. Like you didn't have to announce, oh, he's going to fight this guy and this guy and this guy, and you know, you you could have just said that. You could have hinted at that without really it seems so obvious. But otherwise, a really good trailer that's quite interesting, I have to say. Uh, the movies do condense these things nicely it, into a nice little package. And, yeah, you lose a little the story quirks and that you get from a, a whole series, but you also lose the episodes after episode of let's go shopping, let's decide what the screws we're going to put in the shelf we're fixing sort of episodes and yeah so that's that's what we got it's coming out in january uh, 2019 and yeah so i will pass it around and say what did we think of the trailer tim oh man uh there were a few things that i really enjoyed about the trailer like uh, you know uh fandom aside and the whole thing um I appreciate that even though there are a few um, inconsistencies in it, I really appreciate that they're doing like full-on uh, high-end animation mm. uh, throughout the whole thing instead of just doing their their standard uh, like this little bits, this guy, this little bits, this guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This is, if you're going to do a movie version, that's what you should have. You should have high quality throughout if, if you're going to do that because... If you wanted, you know, inconsistent animation, that's what the series is there for that. You know, that's what gives you that. But man, um, I think above else, above all else, the one thing that I'm super uh, happy about is how it look. The hints that we've give, been given in the trailer is that it's it's completely getting rid of that whole like we hate Goku because he cried a lot as a baby <laughs> archetype for Broly because that's some stupid stupid shit. <laughs> and yeah i, I mean above just all you, just the way you said it makes it sound stupid enough yeah so yeah it is it's ridiculous yeah, oh. no that's his that's broly's original plot was he was angry at goku because he cried a bit yeah yeah i've seen that don't worry <laughs> so. i hated it so much um but he's but, so cool but so dumb so dumb but so goddamn cool <laughs> uh it sounds like the plot to a Will Ferrell movie. Let's put it that way. Oh my god! But, but it involves less balls on the uh, the drum set. Hashtag, <laughs> which, is, which is really strange considering it's Japanese. And, yeah, <laughs> they, they let that thing fly occasionally. Uh, but to your point, Neil, um, one thing I think because these last few movies have had little surprises in the end, and I feel like sure. they're eluding with those three fights. Uh, you know, th- fighting three major characters uh, to dodge the fact that something else is coming. I would hope so. I, and, I really would hope so. Yeah, same. Because, um, I mean, they could always play it safe because it'd be a Broly movie, and, and just because it's a Broly movie, it's going to be successful. Uh, but, man, they could really use it to a thing. Like, they could really show how very powerful Broly is, because in the first movie, you got to see him, you know, the first Broly movie, which is not canon, you got to see him, you know, just beat the shit out of people and then get one-shotted by a spirit bomb. Stupid. It wasn't a spirit bomb. It was a punch. Spirit oh my God, punched him to death. 
That's he punched right. him in the gut and blew him up. Remember, he punched him where he, where he hit the where he, the planet exploded. That that wouldn't piss me off so bad. That whole thing wouldn't piss me off so bad if it wasn't the whole oh fine Kakarot, I'll give you some of my power and Vegeta gives him a little bit after twenty minutes of Goku going all out with everybody else giving him their energy and Vegeta's all of a sudden like, have then a cup of energy. Yeah, yeah, and then all of a sudden Goku can one can one punch Broly. Punch. Nope. Stupid. Yeah, that movie had a lot of problems. I, I'm super anxious to see what they're gonna do with Broly because we got glimpses of what a legendary Saiyan can do in Super, and man, like, uh, in def, in, you know, in comparison, I would say that even though Kale went ham, basically a few times, she was quite bridled from the way that Broly looks to be. So I, I mean, yeah, it really, show, it really, really show the show off the power of the legendary Saiyan, and um, I don't know if it was just me um, being a crazy person or not, but I know that I feel like there was a shot in there. There was a what's his name? I can never remember his name. The the Paris. boy Saiyan from Universe Universe oh, Six. Tarbles. Oh no, Universe I'm pretty, Six. Kappa. Kappa. Is that I'm pretty confident. There's a, like a a second where Kaba's in the shot. Uh, people think it might be Vegeta's brother. Turbo. 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 Maybe. But since it's, I don't know, since there's a focus on, like, you know, they, they mentioned yeah. the Universe 6 competition, I feel like they would want to ride on some of that success and bring in Universe 6. Well, what I'd, so, I'd love is if Goku's fighting Legendary Super Saiyan, Whis notices this and calls up Universe 6 and has Kale brought over. Then we yeah. have Kale versus Broly. And oh. that would be just filth. My, yeah, my only mean, problem with that is Kale has learned to control her berserker mode, yeah. which sucks ass now. Well, no, not exactly, because <laughs> I mean, if if Kef, if uh, if Kale is, or excuse me, if Leafa is there, yeah. and Broly punches her one time, does anything to Khalifa, Kale is gonna go fucking crazy. Yeah. So, like, there is so much potential for it they to happen. They can easily and, break the fact that she's yeah. got control berserk. Yeah. And then we could just throw Pataras in crazy and see what happens when we fuse both of them. Man. Oh my god. There's so much potential Broly, with the... Kaloli. Broly. Kaloli. I have Broccoli. One... <laughs> I have one question in consistency with this trader. What Goku's ear is always that big. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're writing on? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, yeah, I'll have have watch it again, but I never paid attention. <laughs> I know is Piccolo's that, ears are always that big. Well, is it defect of, of being what he is? You know, uh, he just has to have to well, eat bigger. He's got ultimate MMA ears, fighters. Ultimate instinct. The bigger, yeah, well, the bigger to, the better to come and you with. The better to not listen to anyone and then just win in the end anyway. You've seen <laughs> MMA fighters before. It's cauliflower ear. Don't tell him. He's he's very sensitive about it. Well, no, don't tell like him because in Goku, he'll try and eat it. <laughs> if we're going with that logic, the man should be bold you know, at this point. So, yeah, and the tail definitely should be a bit more um, talented. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah. every time he goes Super Saiyan, that much bleach on your hair can't be good for it. Exactly. You know, and I, I choose to believe that's what it is. Just yeah. bleach. It's like he's not really going super saiyan. He's just <laughs> squeezing bottles of bleach on his hair and setting it on fire at the same time. Oh, yeah. 
you know this this kind of makes me question you know they they the the creators and the curatoriami all they all talked about recently the the idea of um saiyan cells or s cells <laughs> and it and it makes me wonder that you know as you know uh the, the amount of s cells apparently according to the mythos is that how many um how much of this s cell that you have it is determinant on your ability to go super saiyan so oh, it makes no. me wonder it makes me wonder if broly is like pure s cells if that's going to be the kind of mythos they go with. Well, you know, I he, hope, he does not like he's genetic it. engineered, so... That's um, true. Can, can someone explain these these S-cells to me? Are these like midi-chlorians? Pretty much they, midi-chlorians. That's what I was yeah. about to say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I haven't been the... keeping up with Dragon Ball, so... For the, oh, for the record, I want to throw this okay. out there, too, because it's bullshit. With, mm. And even though GT isn't canon, they did it with a pan... They said mm-hmm. that they wanted her to be Goku's like reason to do things, so she was basically the the the, the damsel in distress all the time. That's what they wanted her for. Mm-hmm. So they made sure that she didn't have enough S cells to go Super Saiyan. Bullshit. But then they also remember they also invented Super Saiyan because he couldn't be bothered to color his hair every week. <laughs> hey, no, it costs too much. Ink costs too yeah. much money, dude. <laughs> that and he Back the to color that's why they that's why he created super saiyan yeah <laughs> uh bullshit gt is trash so trash Eesh. um i like to talk about it for a little bit um well, why don't you why don't you? <laughs> um first off i just want to mention i think um what's his name perigus looks like a fucking badass now oh, yeah. and Oh, yeah. I hope he's in the movie a lot because he looks super cool now. I'm super um, stoked about his dad, about Broly's dad. I'm super yeah. stoked about him. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. No, Paragus isn't his dad. Yeah, yes, it is. Yeah, Paragus is his dad. <laughs> who's the old? Who's the old bastard? That's, that's his dad. They. That's his redesign. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on a second. Paragus is also in that, like the original. Let me watch it again. Yeah, he's got he's got the stash in the original. I don't need an excuse to watch it again, but I'm going to watch it again. Oh my god! Anyways, um, there's a lot. There's a lot that I took from this trailer. Um, outside of you know what you guys talked about, like he fights all three characters and all that. Um, I think the big thing which I noticed, um, is the section where they show him fighting Frieza, and it really caught my eye because in the trailer we see like the big nuclear explosion in the background. And then at the end of the trailer, we see Goku essentially fighting Brawly as he's transformed into legendary status in like this destroyed field. Um, at first, I thought, okay, Frieza's kind of fighting in the same area, but then I saw in the animation whether it's still too early and they haven't added it to, to his design, but Frieza looks very fresh. And he doesn't look like he's been in the fight for, for long or at all. And I'm starting to think that maybe the whole Frieza bit of Brawly fighting Frieza happens way in the past. And Frieza had encountered Brawly a long time ago before the planet Vegeta was destroyed. It was some um, retcon. Yeah, and Whoa, it could have it, it could have maybe have led to Beerus's decision to destroy the Saiyans because he saw Brawly's true power, and that may have been one of the reasons why Beerus ordered Frieza to destroy the Saiyans. Because we still don't know why he, he decided to destroy them. Um, 
Because they did mention that a lot of past is going to be talked about and well, in Dragon Ball Minus, by the way, the manga, I read a little bit about the fact that Frieza was afraid of the Super Saiyan God. That's one of the reasons why he agreed to destroy it. So, mm. but again, again, that's kind of a retcon. How would he even minus. know of that thing if Super Saiyan was just a legend at the time? Well, you got to remember, Beerus told Frieza. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm wondering if yeah. maybe Frieza had encountered Brawly and yeah. maybe Beerus had to intervene and, and essentially stop Brawly and do whatever. That's why he's been missing for so long. Um, so I I personally think in that scene that we see, that's like a prequel scene of what happens. Oh yeah, it looks um, so different to me, especially with the red in the background. Yeah, it, it doesn't look like they're fighting on the same planet, yeah. essentially. Um, but, you know, some other cool stuff. I love the scenes, uh, of Brawley's past show, like, when he's kind of touching the hand of whoever the fuck that is. I don't, we don't think know. that's Brawley. It could be anybody. I just love the scene. I love the inclusion of it. Um, I want to say that's Goku. Uh, I will say, I don't know. Because there's a scene, oh, yeah. uh, sorry about it back up again, but there's a scene in Dragon Ball Minus, uh, Basically, in minus, instead of Bardock seeing the future, he 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 sort of gets told to come back to the planet for year, and he gets suspicious that for some reason every Saiyan has been called back to the yeah back to the planet, mm-hmm. um, and so his he and his wife discuss sending Kakarot to uh, another planet to keep him safe hidden. Um, so he steals a space pod at night. And puts Goku in it, and that exact same um, sort of, you know, where he puts his hand against the glass. That's yeah. uh, one of the panels hmm. uh, before Goku is sent off. Again, it could be Broly. It could just be referencing it. But I'm expecting some at least a reference to Bardock in the movie. So I think that scene might be... Yeah, like I said, we don't know. Um, I just love the inclusion of it. Um, yeah. We also saw how... Uh, apparently one of the Saiyans, whether it's Brawly or whoever it is, I'm thinking it is, is essentially a test tube baby. And you talked about how he might be genetically engineered, and that could very well be, but I also see this dilemma that they're now having, if that's the case, or what if Brawly has this kind of doomsday scenario now, where the reason he's so powerful and so insane is he gets killed, they clone him, he comes back stronger each time they clone him, which is pretty much what they did with Bay. Yep. Um, and that could very well be the same thing going on here. Um, I hope it's not. I just hope that he's just a super fucking badass who was born that way. Um, but yeah, the stuff in this trailer made me really happy. Um, the fact that Vegeta is like, his power is just insane. When he's like just in his regular form, and they showed the panel. His power is absurd. Yeah, and they showed the panel of like all the stages that Brawly's gonna go through. I found it funny. Like, there's the one stage where he's got like the normal hair, and then the second stage, he looks Super Saiyan, but his hair is still black. Yeah. And it's like he's so powerful, his hair doesn't need to transform to a different color. He just stays <laughs> black. <laughs> just and then Super the next one is, you know, he's got the blonde hair, and yeah. then obviously the legendary phase yeah. is his signature greenish hue that he has. Um, 
but yeah, uh, a lot of things could be going on. Uh, I really hope that they don't shot Brawley in this. I actually hope that he doesn't even die in this. Um, and maybe he's he'll come back during whatever the next series is going to be. But, I mean, we know just how powerful Legendary is. It's not just from past Brawley movies. And not even from Super when Kale went berserk. You even mentioned it, Ben. I think... Her true, the true berserker power is better revealed in the manga, which just happened, where she eventually just eliminated everybody in the term of power. <laughs> and, and those from that what, got, yeah, those yeah, that yeah, left from, just because Kefla just finished them off. Yeah, from what Ben says in the manga that he's still doing right now, yeah. Kale has essentially eliminated like 75% of the tournament of power of fighters. And they only fused wow. because um, <laughs> Khalifa's in trouble. Yeah, so it it should really show you just how powerful Berserker is, and it'll be interesting to see how how they defeat him. I'm hoping that I get to see Beerus fight against Brawly and get his ass kicked, and he has to ask for help this time. No, be- <laughs> no, yes, oh, I no, I want no Beerus hurt, and we know he still has a tail, so he might even transform, go ape in this one. That would just be terrifying. Oh, God, no, please don't, because then we might get Super <laughs> Saiyan 4. Yeah, oh. yes. Canon Super Saiyan 4 Broly. Oh, my God. Amazing. Okay. Um, my, anyway. I guess my thoughts on, on the trailer. Uh, You know, I haven't been following Dragon Ball Super, but uh, watching the trailer, I think what's... What struck out to me the most was the visual design is much more looking like DBZ than DB Super, um, specifically like the line work and then also how the animation of how like the characters are moving seems a lot looser, uh, mm. less rigid and more like ex- like there's a lot of expression with with how it's animated. So uh, I think it'll be a lot more interesting to watch than because I've seen some of gifs and clips of Super that are just. Not selling me on, on the animation of the show. I'm going to they tell you, most rough. of those are from probably the first few episodes. Okay. Uh, basically, the first 30-something episodes, they were making mm. movies at the same time as Super was being made, so the the lesser animators were actually working on Super rather than the, you know, the better ones. So mm. that's why the first few were rushed. Mm. So it got better after like the trunks. It, yeah, it was never great, but it got a lot better after the trunks future trunks arc. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure um it looked like it got better. But yeah, just the the style of this of right. this movie. Yeah. Looks to up up the quality overall. Um yeah. so that should be good. Yeah, definitely. Any other words on this one? I'm going to say that Gogeta might make an appearance in this movie just because before this airs in January, they are going to show a uh, screening in uh, in North America of the Bardock movie, the Mm -hmm. Q-Roll movie, which has Gogeta in it, and Broly. Now, Bardock's probably going to be in it because they said it's about the history of Satan, so obviously there's going to be a Bardock cameo of some kind. Yeah. And Fusion Reborn, really, unless they're going to bring back Hitler. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Blonde hair and blue eyes, they should recruit them. <laughs> I don't think I don't think there's many other characters that they could bring back from that show that 
movie except for maybe Gogeta. It would make sense that yeah, they show Goku fighting, they show Vegeta fighting, and they're like, oh no, they've lost. But who can beat him? Maybe a fusion of both. Uh, I really hope it doesn't happen because I, I know people love Gogeta. I don't know why he did one move in the entire movie and he killed Jadembo with it, and that's all he did. It's because and, of the, it's because of the video games, Gary. Because Super I Saiyan know. Gogeta, I was know, but as. and he was in it was in what because what he was in a. Uh, GT. Super Saiyan 4, Gogeta. Yeah. Oh, my God. All non-canon stuff. I, I, I just don't want it, to be honest with you. Like, I, because if he does it, it's just going to end the same way. He's just going to one-shot Brawly. I want it to be more realistic. Well, in we say that, of- but look at Vegito Blue. Everyone thought, oh, my God, Vegito Blue's coming back in the next episode. He'll one-shot Zamasu. He did one-shot Zamasu. Hey, but his puzzle really. was invisible. You want you want the thing about Super Saiyan gods to be more realistic. <laughs> I want it to be realistic in the form of the fight. I don't want like them to transform and all of a sudden there is like this insane power gap where he can just kill everything in one hit. Hey, they they got an omnipresent cat god. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though, we haven't seen our god. So who knows if ours isn't just an omnipresent donkey? Oh, oh I, I am totally on for omnipresent cat god. Please. <laughs> cat. Cats are great. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, what what, what I want is an awesome finish like we got to Super with a fantastic team up. That's what I want. What you want then is wrestling, basically. Yeah. yeah. No, because in wrestling, Roman Reigns will win. I don't want that. I was talking <laughs> Japanese wrestling. Damn. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm going to say that Gogeta will make appearance. Uh, but the, it airs in Japan in December, so I expect maybe some stealth releases in December in certain cinemas for maybe the subtitle version. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to have the whole movie spoiled for me in yeah. seconds. Stay, uh, off Twitter. stay off Twitter for a couple months. Well, yeah, yeah it's good. almost Christmas time, so you know, just stay off Twitter. Stay I can out of it. your family. If there is any shock to that movie, then certain game sites will eat it and make you know what that spoiler is. Because, yeah, that's their, their job now. It's like, oh, big news thing in geek culture that we must tell everyone, even if they don't fucking care about it. It's So, yeah, you will know before it gets to Western audiences. Don't you'll, you worry. You'll, you'll know. Gotta love that optimism. No, I do hope we get a, a European release date that's not like December, Japan, January, North America, January 2020 for England. <laughs> After that, you know, rips. You think you're going to get it that soon, Ben? I know, that's kind of pushing it. January 2025. There you go. There we go. I think. If you, if you, <laughs> If there are any spoilers to it and you then delay a release by months in a certain territory, you're asking to be pirated at that point because yeah. it, it's a bit stupid at that point because you know people are going to get spoiled by what happens. Mm-hmm. Though a lot of media companies are getting smart and they're making worldwide releases exactly. or they're con- yeah. they're condensing them a lot more because the world is a lot smaller with technology now. Definitely. And if they want to get their money, they need to make sure to release it um, more simultaneously. Otherwise, like I said, pirates are going to take over. Yeah, like it doesn't make sense. It's only a month apart. I'm sure that 
it's going to be done before release, like before January. Just why not release it in December with the Japanese one? Maybe it's licensing. I don't know. I I get it. I I get a little distance with translation, but yeah. if you're going to have a translation and then separate Europe and America, yeah. th- then that's stupid because it all adds up to the same thing. But there, you you aren't having any barrier. You could just release it all at once. I at think the same time. it's a licensing issue with Europe because. It- it's Dragon Ball's owned by so many different studios in Europe compared to America. Sure. It, at least at one point. I mean, we had but, our own dub at one point. To be honest, is the funniest dub ever where Goku replaces every attack with Kamehameha. Sure, but they've just, you know, you know, with Super, they, they've just done this. When they've had it all, yeah. you know, people have the access to it to actually watch it, you know, as it happens. So, really, come on. You, you should be able to do that. With the movies as well. And if it's in January, it'll be in time for my birthday. There you go. Make it a chilly post-Christmas. Yeah. Oh, my God. Or you'll make chilly. Yeah, you don't want me to cry. In fact, <laughs> and if you make him cry, you'll need a brolly. Or a brolly. <laughs> uh, can I say one last thing about Dragon Ball before we switch over? Go. Uh, they're doing a Dragon Ball tour in North America where they'll be hitting different types of events showing off different sort of things. This one was the Broly uh, information. Um, but also, for the first time ever, uh, Dragon Ball Heroes actually has an English arcade unit in the San Diego Comic Con that's on right now uh, where you'll get a oh, wow. pre-made deck of hero cards. But also, you can get one free promotional card uh, every time you use it um, so basically what you do is go up to it and then you put some money and it prints out it spits out random cards mm. normally you get to keep them but with this you um, you can only keep one and basically you've got like a like you go card deck and you fight in the game using the cards and you can have different types of characters based on the cards you bring and bring different squads um but yeah, this is the first time that an English version of the thing. Right now, the most expensive card I think is Freezer, which when I was checking eBay at one point because I wanted to buy some, is sell it is is selling for about one hundred and fifty quid. Oof. So yeah. Uh, funny enough, the Goku's only twenty five. <laughs> um, well, I'm sad because it's not coming to my state. Because nothing comes to my state. Have you checked the website? Yes, I have. Uh, Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe. Except for a huge Comic Con, Gary. Yeah, you get nothing. You know. Well, to be I say Scarborough gets nothing, but we do have our sci-fi event. What's he here? Sci-fi Scarborough. Sci-fi Scarborough. Do you guys stand on the sidewalk and look at everybody walking by, or? (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, um, you know, in the interest of time, you should probably move on because. um, Ernest, once again, through the benefit of being in Japan, you get to see yeah. things ahead of us. Like, <laughs> right. Because like he's some, in the future. Yeah, like I, some sort of fucking wizard. You get yo, to see the time traveler. <laughs> at, which is because <laughs> you saw the new film from the, mm. first, from the guy who made the film of The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. The Girl Who uh, Leapt Through Time, yeah. Yeah, uh, Hasada's new film, Mirai of the Future. 
you've got to see that now. I will yeah, yeah. yeah. So I will say this now. I have to take a short break of like a minute or two, but in that meantime, you explain what the movie is about and your your initial thoughts on it. After that, I will. I am still listening, but uh, yeah, then then we'll discuss that because you have. There's a lot of thing about how kids are depicted in it. The ones <laughs> go back that you mentioned right. that, that interests me greatly about this movie. So you go, and I will go. Literally go. Okay, okay sure. Um, so yeah, this weekend I saw Mirai of the Future. I think when it's coming to like Europe and um, America, it's just going to be called Mirai. Um, the kind of pun with the original Japanese title gets kind of lost. Um, so it's in Japanese, it's Mirai no Mirai because ah, Mirai means future, and it's also uh, a, often a girl's Jap- Japanese girl's name. Um, so yeah, this comes uh, written and directed by uh, Mamoru Hosoda, uh, who's most famous for um, movies like uh, *Boy and the Beast* was his last one. Um, uh, he had Wolf Children, Summer Wars, uh, Girl Who Left Through Time. And then he is early on in his career, he was a director on the original Digimon uh, TV <gasps> series. Um, so most famously, his the, the episode that a lot of people remember him for is the one where Ty goes back to the real world and we're introduced yes. to Kari. Um, which is so, like, was an episode that stood out for a lot of people. Um, that's because of hooking and... Um, style and then also he did the first two digimon movies which got spliced together with another movie to make digimon the movie uh over in america and the rest of the west um so this one is a, it's got a, a little bit of uh, time travel and um dimension sort of jumping so the basic plot is our main character he's a four-year-old Japanese boy named Kun, Kun Chan, and um, he gets a little sister um, named Mirai, and he starts as, you know, I'm sure any of us who are older siblings are, he's jealous because all the attention, his parents' attention and everyone else's attention um, focuses on his new little sister. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, he's visited by a older, um, like, teenage um version of his little sister has come from the future um so i guess to kind of teach him life lessons <laughs> um but from there on out i thought um you know it was gonna go sort of how i've like presented it with like the non-spoiler synopsis but then it does the it does start taking like a very like surreal route um where Kunchan gets tel- gets transported to like different kind of worlds and also like different time periods, and it explores other members of family um, and sort of some of their struggles in order to like relate to what he's going through. Um, and those sort of like story elements kind of remind me of like Satoshi Kon, who did like Paprika and and Perfect Blue, and also Christopher Nolan. Um, with some stuff like Interstellar and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, Inception, some of his, like, fantastic films. Um, so, yeah, it was... Uh, so, yeah, it takes... A, late, a lot of the film takes an episodic 
sort of structure where it's they, they jump to a particular time period or dimension and there's kind of like its own like little little self-contained story with that and with each of those um it teaches kunchan sort of a lesson or is it able to like help him get through sort of emotions and frustrations that he's having with becoming an older brother um and so overall it's like really gorgeous really really beautiful film um yeah, it's same same studio that's worked on a lot of Hosoda's past films. Um, you know, his a lot of his like signature directing styles are there. Lateral tracking shots, um, you know, POV shots, uh, and yeah, just really well paced. Um, it's got a lot of heart, a lot of emotion. Uh, might make you cry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, given his past, yeah, that's a likelihood. Uh, right, right. Given his past, <laughs> his past works, but yeah, this is uh, for me. It's up there. Um, you know, I'd probably rank it within his top three for me personally. I mean, um, out of interest, uh, mm. what, what are the other two in that top three? For you? Um, for me, Girl Who Leapt Through Time and Wolf Children. Mm, Wolf Children is just sublime. Mm. Yeah. yeah, just seeing um. Because I uh, I bought the uh, the manga for my wife, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, it, it's amazing how one to one that is. Because <laughs> you see it a lot, you know, when anything's transitioned from page to screen, mm-hmm. it it loses something a lot of the time. In that, it, it just felt so natural, like a, it just felt like the book, you know, the manga came afterwards almost, in, in the way it was done. It, it's amazing. Um, I thought I thought the manga did come afterwards. I might be. Did it? Well, uh, I mean, uh, it wouldn't be fitting if that's the case. Okay. It, but you know, the, the, that's the way it appeared because of. Oh uh, yes, it it did because uh, yeah, uh, yeah Hosoda okay. was the original creator, and director, writer for the film. There yeah, you go. Looks... Okay, that okay. that's yeah. why. At least I was. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yes, there you go. But even then, even going back up on that one. It's amazing how it, it translates so well because, like, even going that way, you still have something that's almost feels like a manga in the way it's made as a film. Mm. Going, right. yeah, and it that's rare, you know, especially we've just been talking about Dragon Ball and how that translates, and mm. yeah, and it doesn't always translate well, and you miss bits uh, because of the very nature of the things being so different. I I think with this, uh, uh, with the stuff, it, it tends to be that it, it's one-to-one, like I said. It, it just feels like the same thing almost. It's mm-hmm. two separate works, it, like a continuation, a variant, if you will. And I think he, he the, the way he directs and tells stories is very smooth. So I think mm-hmm. there, are, there would be other times if you have a work that takes that episodic sort of structure it might feel kind of like a little too jarring like okay like yeah. very like oh this is so separated but it all feeds into the thematic whole um which i think he does brilliantly um and something that you brought up that i've commented uh, before is yes that this is the most realistic depiction of actual real tr- children like ever <laughs> seen in, in anime um yeah. because usually in anime 
children are super sweet and way more observant than I think real <laughs> children are. Yeah, I mean, um, kids can be observant, but the, they the, can, and they those... they can be surprising. But you know, I think the the children you see in anime are just mm. too sweet and perfect. Um, and I, I know, I think Wolf Children was a nice depiction. Uh, had some nice moments depicting sort of like motherhood yeah. and being a parent. Um, but I did hear that some uh, parents who saw the film were still like, oh, but those, the, the wolf kids are like still way too sweet for the most part. Um, I so I wonder if, I wonder if Hosoda heard that. And because yeah. they were, uh, <laughs> for um, Mirai, um, the, the main character, the four year old boy, Kunchan, he is, he is a brat. Like, <laughs> I won't, I won't like soften it. He is a brat, you know. He throws tantrums. He acts irrationally, and he'll do, you know, some kind of bad things and say bad things. Um, but none of it is outside of the realm of believability. Oh. It's all, you know, how children are. We're never really with any ill will. No, uh, it's never malicious. It's just right that the. the... <sighs> They're always trying to replicate something that they've seen, you know, and act a way they think, oh, well, adults act this way sometimes, so I, I must try and replicate this somehow. And that's how it feels. And, yeah, it, you're right. Wolf children kind of got that sometimes, you know. It, it kind of had that feel to it. Yeah, and I think maybe you could argue that part of the thing there was that they were trying to show the animalistic side of it was probably the purer side. And that's mm-hmm. why they were a little too innocent in, in right. certain regards, especially the, the son in his yeah. life where, you know, he's just that little bit, oh, I'm not too sure about everything. And mm-hmm. yeah, But yeah, this sounds very much more like a, a, a grounded. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, much more grounded. And, you know, it just, that's that's how kids are. They they just, they react so raw and immediately with, you know, they don't have that kind of restraint or control. Um uh, the, the filters are dead. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> kids, so, kids can be mischievous, evil little shits. Like I've I've had three of them, so it's yeah, it's uh. yeah. They um they, they never cease to amaze you, even when they piss you off. Uh, is the best way to put it. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like right. you you could be very angry at them, and they just do stuff that makes you think. This is a lesson, uh, very much. And it, Jesus, uh, I, I fear for my own life uh, as uh, as we go on. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah. There's just so many moments where um, I could I could just see people, uh, adults, probably parents, like nodding or like you know <laughs> chuckling a little bit. I just like some moments that are just like, yep. This is parenthood. (laughs) It's not, it seems to be like a a signature of most of us as well. Because family, not just uh, with kids, but you know, um, you have it with Summer Wars, you have it with um, The Boy and the Beast. There's just Mm. stuff in there that is very much about this whole family dynamic Mm. and people react to each other even when they aren't actually family. And yeah, it's you know it's obviously Ghibli stuff gets very celebrated for how it depicts certain aspects of normality, but this is I I always find Hasada stuff and, and it tends to be that a little more 
into it with the whole family dynamic more than mm-hmm. yeah the, the interpersonal stuff. Yeah, I, I feel that sort of stuff. Even even though a lot of it is still like fantastical, has mm-hmm. is a little more grounded in that regards with and yeah. relatable with you know the familial relationships and emotions and experiences definitely. Yeah, but it, that was good. I like good talk. Yeah. I, I look forward to that. Hopefully, it won't be too long. Yeah, that. hopefully, hopefully not. Um, I, I do know uh, that it's been licensed in America and uh, multiple European yeah. countries. So yeah, I, I would imagine yeah. it shouldn't take long, given the uh, success of other, other films. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean to point out as a comparative point, Wolf Children, for instance, was on a a mainstream channel over here. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Channel Four, like one of the big four channels, they have a film channel, and they they are big on doing popular Jan- Japanese anime films. And yeah, they, they showed it a few times. That's where I watched it. And okay. uh, yeah, it's like so you know they, they do it. It's so yeah. I see no reason why it wouldn't come over here at some point soon, uh, right. sooner rather than later. You know. Fantastic. So we've got to deal with obviously the anime that we will get to in a minute, but we have to mention this this week because it is a very important week for an anime, uh, oh, sorry, a manga almost, uh, as well, that is important to a lot of people around the, you know, outside of Japan in terms of uh, getting them into one of my first anime movies. Yeah, I mean, this is it, it's certainly got so many people into it. <laughs> I think it's, I think so many people have Akira memories. Yeah, it's, though it wasn't my favorite memory. I mean, just as an old star. <laughs> to well, me, the was, whole my favorite part of the whole movie is just. I know this sounds stupid, but I still love that bit with the mer bikes with the lights. Oh, yeah, why? Why would you not? But before yeah, we get iconic, there, iconic. Yeah. Before we get there, just say you know it's like yes, there were things that I. That, that, that hit me first. I I had this conversation with my wife, you know, because she uh, the first thing she saw in terms of uh, Japanese animation was um, was Laputa, um, the, the Ghibli animation, and she yeah she's obsessed about that, and that's what got her into all of it. For me, it was Fist of the North Star, but you know, all the same, Akira Akira was uh, one of the first things that really in a movie form especially for me that really hit and just like wow this is something really wildly different to what i'm used to and even with that this is an all-star sort of stuff this felt very much like its own thing and it, it turns 30 which just makes me feel very 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 old right now I, I know i didn't see it at the time it came out but still and it's undoubtedly the most important uh, you know, Japanese film, you know, animated film to come uh, to, to, in terms of banding it out to a, a Western audience, I feel. Mm. You, know, you, you could point to a lot of things of saying, you could say, oh, Dragon Ball got people in, Pokemon even, the series even got people into anime maybe. But I feel like... Akira, yeah, it came yeah. over before all of those. So. Yeah, and so it it set it set everything up. It mm-hmm. set everything up for the likes of Dragon Ball or Pokemon, 
uh, and really made that stage there for them to sort of perform on, if you will. And to this day, it is still a brilliantly done uh, you know, film. It, it just the way it is done, it, it, it captures a lot of the manga shots perfectly, which, as we were saying earlier, is always key to making it seem like a natural transition from what it, the source material. And yeah, it's just, uh, it's hard to say much more because, you know, so much has been said about a film that has been out, as we said, for 30 years. But yeah, I find even even for myself, not being the first thing that got me into it or the thing that actually was important, it was still a big factor in, in getting me to like, not just anime, but Japanese, you know, films and other culture, other aspects of it as well. You know, it, it, it opened up a lot more uh, as a result of just what it was. So we'll go around the group and I assume everyone here has seen Akira at this point. Nope. Nope. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, I remembered specifically that I had a friend in high school and we went through a phase where every any time we were both in the hallway, one of us would shout Canada and the other one would <laughs> reply Tetsuo and we yes. just were doing that all the time. <laughs> uh, I don't know how people put up with us. <laughs> every time it's a weird sort of anecdote to have, but like every time I got like smashed out drinking on the weekend uh, in my twenties, and I got to a certain weird trippy point uh, of that drinking time, it's like I'd always remember that sort of like um, telekinetic sort of thing they have in there with the whole, you know, and just like it would always play in my head every single time. It just and. It was made my head swim. It's just the, the strange thing about it, but it that's how impactful it was, you know. But um, beyond me, um, obviously Alfonso is, is a criminal and should be tried as such. <laughs> Man, you call, you calling him a murderer last week? This week I'm a criminal. Jeez. Oh yeah, I'm stepping it down slightly this week. That is true. <laughs> Um, well, is he at least a smooth criminal? criminal? <laughs> <laughs> How could he not be? He is. Uh, those tones are very smooth. He, he deserves to be at least a smooth criminal. But um, oh, hell, um, let's go around it, Tim. You you were fairly fresh to it, if I remember. Yeah, and in hindsight, I'm really glad I didn't watch it when I was young because uh, I had a different expectation from what I watched when I was young versus now. And I, if I had watched it when I was young, I probably would have hated it. Yeah. Uh, I can't totally understand that. And I don't, and you know, my, like many people uh, who lived in areas, uh, most of the, the first exposure was what we could find on our just shambles of what we, they would call cable service. Mm-hmm. And it was also depending on time of day and weather and shit. And basically, best do is get like a fuzzy version of Pokemon. But my, <laughs> and I didn't really get into it because it just wasn't enjoyable. But it was on before I got uh, before I got on the bus every morning. Yeah. But my my neighbor, 
was like half a mile away, which is like our version of neighbor. He he got Directv, and he's like, "Man, you got to come over and watch Dragon Ball Z." I'm like, "What the hell is that?" Okay, <laughs> because my cable's awful, and watching something different in real, actual, crisp color imagery sounded interesting. So that was my first exposure, and that was my you know my expectation, and um. Being in that that blind outlook for so long because I didn't really get into the the anime scene uh, in a in a in an organic way until I really met Crystal. Like I'd watched a few things here and there and whatever, but like she was my my real cusp of breaking into it. And you know, she she had seen it. I remember she talked about it, but she really like wanted to watch it i don't know but she was also like super big into other stuff like trigun and uh other things i didn't like uh, <laughs> i shouldn't Wait. say that because there's a lot of stuff i like but i didn't like Gun and i didn't like uh tim did um, you did you say you rode your bike like half a mile down the road to watch dragon ball z at your neighbor's house on a state highway yeah honestly did what did i mean did he come up to you and say hey little fella you look Dude. like you'd like some Dragon Ball Z. What's that? Well, why don't you come on over to my cellar and find out? I, <laughs> I guess I guess for I guess Ball Z. because Chris had to go there. The detail that I I guess ignorantly <laughs> forgot to include is that this guy was a year younger than I was. <laughs> <laughs> See, you can't you can't skip out on the important details like that around me, man. I'll get you on them. I guess there's no fetish shaming here. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so say it Neil at the beginning <laughs> but um, but yeah like my expectation with anime was a little different uh, in the yeah. 2000s when that first renaissance of anime really just got hot um, and I was real big into that and I was still expecting something different and um, now in this new kind of I know Ernest and I have talked about this this is kind of like a, a new renaissance where like the quality and integrity of a lot of anime now is getting to that point where it was in the 2000s. Like, sure, there's a lot of shit still, right? It's in all media. Yeah. But, like, there's so much quality coming out now on all fronts that it, 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 it falls in that line. And right now, I'm not so much looking for my, you know, Samurai Champloos and uh, DBZs and Scrides. You know, I'm not looking for that. I was looking for something fresh and... Scrido. I just recently jumped into Akira and what I got out of that is not something I could have gotten when I was first watching anime even in the first decade I watched anime it's it's a quality of life thing that I wouldn't have appreciated because narratively I wasn't super big into it because it was still very much 80s and I still don't like 80s stuff yeah Uh, I mean it it goes for many memes there there are certain examples where people go oh if you haven't played slash watched this or read this you know you don't know what you've been born into you know but if you're not ready for it as a person then it's pointless to experience that sort of thing i i think in film terms of uh once upon a time in america it's like someone showed that to me at a very young age and i just like at that point i've watched like Casino and Goodfellas and The Godfather, and it's just um, yeah, this this does nothing for me. <laughs> but you know, in, in later life, I I appreciate it, it was a, a very you know, accomplished film considering time it came from, etc. etc. But yeah, this is it. People with that experience 
of knowing what has come before will always have that where they will think oh well this is the best example they may think that's the best example but it really isn't because it's fine if you're naturally led to that point but if someone just says no this this, you should watch it it, citizen kane when people say you know oh you should watch this because this is you know air quotes the greatest movie ever because this is hype train this is hype train exactly you don't if you watch it with that expectation in mind, you're just going to go and go shrug your shoulders and go, that was a load of mayonnaise. You know, <laughs> uh, fuck that. Right. You know, that's it. You know, not good mayonnaise. Boy. This is sour out mayonnaise at this point. Chris mayonnaise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like I, I've always kind of appreciated my approach with certain things with that very same mentality. The moment someone comes up to me and says, <gasps> So my god, Rafflecopter, this thing's the greatest shit. I just turn off. I can't handle it. Like they, yeah. you give me that expectation, and I'm gonna walk out of that movie disappointed. See, out of that, out of that, anything. I despise being told that. Yeah, and man, like I end up finding myself so behind the bar all the time because of it. But man, when I get around to it, I'm just enamored. Like I'm crazy into it. Yeah. Uh, with Akira, I've been more interested in its production and its history. Uh, I think the two big po- things that I got out of Akira is one, an appreciation for the weight that comes with penmanship. Yeah. And two is the fact that so much of the actual Akira story, the, the manga, was cut and pasted out of the six volumes into what became the, the two hour movie. Like there's so much that was weeded out and Uh I really want to go back to the manga and experience it all because there were beats that started to work, but they never like went too far. Like the focus was all on the immediacy of what was going on as opposed to the weight behind it. And I think that was the part that narratively bothered me about Akira. Uh, So I'm really interested in going. There's an entire second half of the basically second half of the manga that occurs after where you finally meet like because they keep mentioning akira in the anime but you're like who the fuck is akira why is this so important the second half of the series basically is the rest of what would have happened or what happens in the story um where tetsuo like goes off to you know and meets akira i won't spoil too much but um yeah spoilers it answers a um a very real question within the divide between film and series where one doesn't answer the question enough but provides all the big beats which is the film and a tv series which often drags it out far too much and you know pads out what was you know a competent level storyline you know mm-hmm. it, it it's rare that the middle ground where they just get it right. Now, I would say, um, having read a bit more of it now, it, the One Punch Man really you know, gets that mm. idea. You know, mm-hmm. where it gets that middle ground of it, it gets the story across just right from what from the origin. Yes, but yeah, a lot of the time, stuff is either cut out or it's over-explained and. It, Getting middle ground is just so hard, it seems. And it seems odd that that's a problem still at this point. 
I assume it's just a case of, oh, this is popular. Let's get this out. Let's make something with it. If people really want to know more about it, they can read the, the manga this came from, you know? And whether that be in animated form or live action, so be it. And the, it depends what you get to first, in, in many cases. If you get to the series first, you've probably got a better chance of being more forgiving of its flaws because you know, you don't know half of what its flaws are, you know? And, yeah, it, that's it. Just accept what you get. Mm-hmm. But, but otherwise, you know, if, if you have pretty good experience, it's like comic book movies, isn't it, really? You, you know what's coming. You know what you expect from the Infinity War, but from what you've read... And you see the movie and you're like, well, you know, it didn't do this, 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 and this. And so what really is it? You know, is it, it's a more niche version of that, if you will, because there's only a, it, in terms of Western audiences especially, it's a more niche audience in, in that regard. But hey-ho. Um, but yeah. I guess I'll go next because uh, I yep. want to kind of piggyback off. Tim Tim was I... saying, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Tim was saying, you know, that um, that he appreciated watching it when he was ready um, to watch it. Yeah. Um, and and that's something I also now like counts um, when you know watching stuff where I want to be in the right sort of mindset and mood. Um, uh, my first time watching Akira was, I think, had borrowed the VHS or DVD from the library. I was young, uh, I think, in like uh, middle school, junior high school, and um, watched it one morning <laughs> and one Saturday morning, and was just in a daze for the rest of the day. Um, it was kind of a shocking experience <laughs> because, wow, that, um, you know, I'd seen things in that in Akira I had never seen before, <laughs> and I was such a young, pure boy that I was, I was just, <laughs> I was literally in a daze for the rest of the day where I was just, just sort of out of it, just like, what did I, what did I watch? <laughs> it was um, the girl getting right. squished, wasn't it? it, that, 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 there was oh, just oh, there was just so much of that movie to, <laughs> to process at that young age. You know, I was just like a, a tween or you know, twelve or thirteen, I think. Um, so I, I don't think I was able to to appreciate it until I was I was older, um, mm. and you know, be able to to understand more of what's happening and appreciate. Um, you know the more some of the more technical aspects uh, and and the visuals that that film still holds up today beautifully. Oh, good. how so. well done that production was! Um, you know, it was, it was a very expensive film, but you know it's so beautifully colored and everything's hand drawn. Um, it's one one of the very rare uh, anime productions where. It, the it was animated after doing the vocal recordings, so that's why you get you get those perfect uh, mouth and lip movements mm. with it. Um, still, nothing that quite looks like it, um, you know. And it was 
it, it's an ambitious adaptation because, as we mentioned before, the, the manga is so epic. It is an epic. It's so long and dense and filled with um, just a lot of exposition and exploring, you know, different themes, uh, politics, life, ethics, and all that. Um, and I, I, so it, it, the film does end up being, you know, take the sort of the greatest beats, the greatest moments. Um, yeah. I think it was, it was lucky it came from something where, you know, there wasn't as much access to that kind of thing. You know, it, it's the same for Dragon Ball. I, I find it, it, it's popular because a lot of people in the West did not have access to the source material. You know, so what they saw on screen was their holy vision of what that product is. And it was the same with Akira. It, it became the definitive version of that. Mm-hmm. Of that. Yeah, and yeah, so it wasn't questioned so much. This, you know, in this day and age, I, um, I'm on this very podcast, I mean, I called it all the time when I go, well, you know, it's like, you know, with the knowledge of this, that, and the other, this doesn't seem so great. But then you, you wouldn't have that and you'd probably be a bit more favorable with that said, you know, it doesn't change the fact that Akira is such a beautifully made, beautifully shot, you know, movie in any genre whatever you, you want to call it is still up there with the best mm-hmm. not only in terms of uh, japanese animation but in terms of animation in general it's yes. it, it it just has so much so many iconic shots and and so many iconic moments it teeters here and there when you look at in terms of plot because it has to make those crunches in in terms of the source material but still it just does stuff that back then, you know, you wouldn't known any, you, you would have been there thinking, wow, you know, th- this is amazing for an, an, for an animated film. This is doing things I have never seen before. You know, it, it is just crazy out there. And I, even for someone who, you know, adored Fist of the North Star, it, it was doing things that just, I had not seen. And, mm-hmm. That's why it remains so impactful. It, it did things that now that there are many animes out there that do similar things, and you think it's cool, but you know, I have seen it before, maybe slightly differently, but I've still seen it. Yeah, I, I think it really helped that um, the original manga's uh, artist and writer, um, Katsuhiro Otomo, was also the director and co wrote the film. So, you know, it's his baby. He's, he's gonna. Mm treat it well and you know be very like particular about which moments he includes in in the movie um and yeah to this day it's such an iconic and influential work you know like you said there's so many shots that are so memorable and we see rift and um you yeah. know homages made to all the time um you know kind of these bike drift is just one of them i mean not even <laughs> not just in anime uh, not, not yeah not just anime not anime not even just animation in general mm-hmm. but, you know live action films to do it as well it, it's remarkable the things that has is understated i i feel mm-hmm. um yeah you know i also think of 
you know, Kanye West is a big Akira fan, so his music video for Stronger was yeah. basically kind of it was just Akira. <laughs> um, and it also had a like early example of bullet time in the scene where Tetsuo stops a like a, a tank shell from hitting him and it kind of does yeah. a slowdown. Um yeah, just uh, so much influence that film has had throughout not just anime and animation, but also just pop culture and um, film. Yeah. It, it, it's definitely had its impact on almost everything mm-hmm. that we see now. Like, it was so, story-wise, I felt like it was so far ahead of its time that a lot of people didn't really comprehend it very well at that time. Mm. And, yeah, that's that's, I think, very true, yeah. And like I know, like a lot of people talk like, "Oh, the animations," but they don't really talk about the story as much because I feel like they didn't quite understand what was being presented there. You know, like why is he transforming into this crazy ass looking blob it, now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not wrong because it reminds me very much um, the influence that say Die Hard has had on action films, where. Mm-hmm. It has clearly influenced a lot of the action films that have come since, but none of them have really quite grasped that key thing that makes it such a special film. You know, in the case of Die Hard, it's like it has a very relatable, real, grounded guy uh, as your lead, and that that makes it uh, accurate. It just has these certain plot beats that are just too wild, perhaps, for a Western audience to sort of uh, yeah. accept. So, you know, when, when it gets adapted or in a Western audience, it, for a Western audience, it doesn't quite capture it the same way because they're not understanding it quite as it should be. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. for sure. And it, and, it, and it goes through a lot of it. It's not just, like, the story. It's, like, the jacket that he has on and what, mm. it, what, what it says on the back of his jacket. Um, I don't quite remember, but I know it, it's it has something to do with control and pills. I just don't remember what it yeah. says. It also and, um, it crops up in um, Jordan Vote Roberts's uh, Kong Skull Island. John C. Riley's character has that very jacket <laughs> on in that because he, but then he is a student of that. You know, he he loves video games and anime. You know, it, it, so it makes sense that he understand uh, what works with that you know it's like even in these tiny teeny forms yeah but but like like for most people i didn't get to watch akira until later because i was under yeah. four when it came out uh, <laughs> and you know i watched it earlier or later i should say probably after i already had gotten into anime like i got into anime with the original dragon ball uh mm. when goku was still a little kid I fell in love with that, but I just threw it a cartoon. I didn't know there was this big difference between this cartoon and, you know, the American cartoons that Disney put out. Yeah. Um, uh, I started to, uh, and and I feel like I understand Akira did a lot of the industry and, you know, making anime kind of noticeable in America. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people will say, you know, Dragon Ball Z made it popular or Pokemon made it popular. Or whatever. To me, I feel one movie that doesn't get the credit that it deserves like Akira does is Ghost in the Shell. That, that's another one because, you know, even mm, yeah. 
when I was at school, I remember without even seeing the movie, you know, the movie stuff. I saw a poster for that you know, constantly everywhere. Same that uh, and Guyver were like the two things I saw all around that I hadn't seen. So you know, it clearly had a, an audience that it. They almost feel like the uh, proto audience for what would come, you know, and because it was such a rare treat, you know, compared to now where, you know, you have access to all of it. You, you know, it's like as much as owners live in Japan and have all, all the access to all this great stuff. Uh, we aren't that far behind now because uh, the internet age has allowed us to have this, you know, great you know, support network of not only anime, but manga, you know, that we can read and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But but then, you know, it was like the things that stood out could cause so much influence in the right parties. You know, my, um, my best friend at the time in school, his older brother, who was an absolute arsehole in fairness, <laughs> had, looking back, had exquisite taste that actually shaped a lot of what I ended up liking because I remember he had the, in terms of horror, where, you know, I loved horror stuff. He had the, the Jason Goes to Hell poster up on his wall, and I just burned that into my head. He had, but he also had the Ghost in the Shell stuff there as well. So like, after seeing it, I was like, I was so curious. And, you know, back then you couldn't just go, oh, go on the internet. See, there's some sort of torrent for this thing. You know, you, you had to wait and see if that thing would come up. And it did. It actually came up. And you're like, well, now this is an event. I have to. If this thing comes up, I must find a way. I'll record it, whatever. It wasn't just anime. I did this with it. It was horror as well. You know, I did this with uh, the likes of Dawn of the Dead. And that, you know, I, it would. it's once in a lifetime chance where it would come up on your television you'd have to it was an event you had to see it you had to record it even because it was always on at like 11 12 you know maybe even two o'clock in the morning in in our time because you know tv was always still that well we're not going to show anything too out of the way you know uh, unless it's the early hours of the morning oh god i remember when dragon ball beat was like 1 a.m at one point yeah, it was like uh, this is a North Star. It was always like Channel Two Four. Two at midnight. Yeah, Channel- six a.m. Saturday mornings here for a long time, and then yeah, it was two oh, yeah. after that. Five yeah. and six a.m. for me yeah. on Saturdays. And that, that would, I, I that made a lot of it very special for a certain generation where you you had that. You know, the internet wasn't that great for you know, streaming. Yeah, you know, streaming was um, a pipe dream at that point. And you got what you got. And if you were lucky, you might get that a little bit more if you just know the right people. But that made the stuff like, you know, Fist of the North Star, Dragon Ball, Pokemon, whatever, you know, or even Akira, it made it that little bit more special. And and when you got to watch it, you poured over every single bit. Now, you know, as we will probably come to when we talk about our you know, anime show of the week, stuff could be really good. But it doesn't quite have the same impact anymore because, you know, you've seen... Because you have access to so much, you know? Yeah. And... Yeah, yeah. the, the constant uh, access and then yeah. um, something I've observed 
these these recent years, uh, like in the 2010s with the anime community, is because of this access and stuff coming on streaming, on demand, um, and being simulcasted, that people are just so focused and obsessed on the, the now, the immediate. And so we get this, people into just the seasonal watch habits, where they're just yeah. focused on what's the, the best shows and, and like what's airing that season and so you know i i'm afraid that there's new fans coming to that and then they just fall into that but they miss watching shows that maybe aren't even that old um but you know yeah. watching stuff like the classics and then just just older stuff that is truly great um but everyone's just focused on being caught up to date on like what's just the new trending thing so they can be part of this yeah, and, conversation and I, i'm glad you brought that because that was kind of the point i wanted to make with ghost in the shell where mm. i feel like when Ghost in the Shell came out and people saw it, like Akira may have introduced Anne outside of Japan, but I think Ghost in the Shell, in a way, solidified it as an, alter- an alternative, and it proved that it wasn't just Disney that can put out quality in animation. And yeah. I think when people saw Ghost in the Shell, it's those same people that went back and watched Akira afterwards. Um, yeah. And I'm yeah. <clears throat> actually have to kind of <clears throat> agree with that because Akira and Ghost in the Shell were two of the first DVD anime movies that I ever bought. Mm-hmm. Same. And <laughs> and it, they're really really good um, shows. And I guess I I kind of got into it late as well. Um, probably in the uh, early 2000s is when I picked that up. But uh, it was definitely something very different from what I had been used to watching, like DBZ and things like that. Um, and the very limited stuff that was available on- online, you know, being shared by uh, campus internet connections, <laughs> things like that, you know, when you're in college. Um, we got access to a little bit of stuff. Like it's nowhere near what we've got today. Um, yeah. But just the, the quality of the storytelling, um, the art style being, I mean, nothing has replicated that. I mean, that no. you, you, you see a green cap from Akira, you know exactly where it's from. Whereas there are so many other art styles out there that seem to, you know, work off of each other. It's hard to tell whether it's this show, that show, or the other show. <laughs> They're so interchangeable, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's very true. There are so many shows where I, I would confuse one with the other had I not known what they were beforehand. Uh, it's not just being, you know, it's not belittling what comes now because there is quality there. Oh, absolutely. It's, it, it, so much has been done at this point. It's like, it, it's like video games, you know? It's like, yeah. the medium has done so much. There, there's thing. so much anime yeah. coming out. There's more anime coming out every season uh, now than has ever come out in history. Um, yeah. And yeah. so much of it crap. I'm sorry. To <laughs> so say. much of it is just crap or mediocre <laughs> at best, right? So yeah. But I mean, there, there is an audience for it, though. Is the thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's the only reason why this this keeps happening is because <laughs> there's an audience that's. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. and, and hence this podcast. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> here. here. And you know, you, you look at those two movies in particular, and they were so. I guess mature when you look at it, like Akira had, you know, nudity and, and the attempted rape violence. scene and, yeah. and, and the violence and the gore and the blood and people watching cartoons. They're like, what the hell is that? That's not how, what cartoons are. 
And Ghost in the Shell did the same thing. The only coolest thing you can think of that did that was the heavy metal, uh, which was a North American cartoon uh, that came out in 81, I believe it was. MTV, Um, baby. Yeah, and that did it. And that was not received very well at all because of these weird-ass themes that it had. And then here comes the Japanese audience, and they're pretty much making what you would see in a live-action movie with these disturbing images in the cartoon and cartoons are kids and they're like what the hell this isn't for kids why is it a cartoon what they what i just want sorry to interject one of the things that they saw with the animated uh, um you know canvas is they can take these amazing scenes and they do you know some fantastical stuff but it doesn't always have to be for the kids i mean a lot of adults can really enjoy the storylines that are coming from these more adult themed um situations like akira like ghost in the shell like fist of the north star you know it's not all pokemon and uh and and card captor sakura (laughs) so that's what things are like nowadays though it wasn't really like that back then no it was it was a different mindset yeah yeah it was because that was all that was popular the popular things got sent and that was it that, that was the best thing about it that you know like anything it's like if you had a hit show from another country you had a chance of it appearing on your in your country uh, that was it and it is very true it's even within your genre i think at the time because um at the horror horror movies were getting a bit of a renaissance because stuff that was banned previously was starting to get unbanned and you know right, we had so much banning well, in the 90s that it was stupid yeah yeah well, i was just gonna say we face this with it seems every generation of any form of any of anything where <laughs> it start you know it's things start to come about with the people oh it's too violent oh won't somebody please think of so a either children. band or a rating system yeah, or something yeah. like that same thing happened with video games where it's like mm-hmm. oh game for kids and then all of a sudden violent games come out and they're like oh, oh we can't gotta protect yeah, yep. the kids yeah and you always have certain ones that are kind of at the forefront of these of these scenarios and and of course mm-hmm. uh, we're talking anime it's akira ghost in the shell um, uh, animation in general, like Gary mentioned, heavy metal, um, <laughs> video games, Mortal Kombat, and such, and then you know books. Obviously, this—it's just a never-ending cycle. It seems with all of these, where it's there's a new medium that starts to take the world by storm. Suddenly, people have to find the problems with it, of course. But of course, yeah, that, that reminds me of uh, yeah, back in the early, like really early 2000s when uh, Esclafone was airing on Fox oh Kids. My. Yes. And that show is very dark um, and, and mature <laughs> for, for being on a kids network. So it was canceled uh, really like early on because I think there were complaints uh, from from parents and, and whatnot. Um, so stupid. <laughs> but, but, but it's funny because you look at it now and it's like we're going backwards. This is okay with the super violent... Escalfone seems, seems tame. Uh, yes. Yeah, but, but, but now all of a sudden, Tom and Jerry is banned. And they can't air that on TV because it's too violent. It's like... Hey, hey Gareth, <laughs> you, you can make a Scooby-Doo movie and then get fired by Disney many years later. So, you know, it, it's... You know, yeah, it's, it's insane how, Topical. like, this is okay now. This is blood, violence, gore, hentai. Uh rat and a or a mouse and a cat fighting each other is too violent too racist and too sexist because it was made in the fucking 50s we can't show that anymore 
I, I would think the violence is not the problem, perhaps, in some of the <laughs> It's more perhaps the uh, blatant racism. In yes, and, and I get that. And, you know, but it's just crazy to see. Like, animes now have all those same things. Cartoons now have all the same things. There's racism in cartoons. Uh, they, they actually edited uh, years ago for One Piece, for kids animation, actually edited the color of the skin of one of the characters, one of the background pirate characters, to be white because originally he was black and he had giant lips. Hey, and they were like, no, we Dragon... can't show that to children. So that's four kids as... edit one piece. That's not as bad as Dragon Ball Kai, though. You know that, what right? They... Because of Mr. Popo, they, oh, yeah. they, they, they colored him blue. Now, that's not too bad. Yeah, fair enough. He's a genie. He can be any color he wants to be. You know, it's blue. Maybe they're thinking of Aladdin, you know. The genie yeah. from that. The problem is, though, he lives on outpost that lives in the sky, where it's all blue, and sky blue. <laughs> so he's just like standing there, penetrating into the background, the big, and like bright, bright red lips, and he's like merging <laughs> with the background. Right. Uh, it was only censored for the some TV um, showings of it. It wasn't uh. all of them. It was just a few of them. Yeah, like the more early morning ones, I think it was. So, I, th- I think it's fair to say that you know, a lot has changed in in the last thirty years since Akira was up. Yes, and yet it still remains very important. And I feel that it, it would seem hard to say that no one, uh, people out there that haven't watched it, but you know, there are uh, like, much as any film, any classic book or TV show. There, are, there are people out there who have experienced a broad range uh, of media and not seen some of the classic thing, things. And I would implore you to see Akira because it is just very important to anime as a whole. Yeah. I think you you have to see it if you have any love of anime, modern or, or otherwise, because it is the, the building blocks for has become, you know, this genre has become you know it is there yeah i mean if if there was a hall of fame for anime akira has to be the first entry into that hall yeah. of fame. yeah it, it has to be and then dragon ball should be like third <laughs> dragon ball. i'm not talking about dragon ball about the original dragon ball i'll take it because i love it. it did bring a lot of anime yeah a lot of people into anime so you've got to give it some credit it did it, it almost turned me off of on a while <laughs> well, I mean, there's got to be somebody it, who hates Dragon Ball here, right? Well, was it was it Goku discovering like that Bulma Dragon. didn't have it didn't have a penis that turned you off? Like was that? <laughs> no, it's the, it the fact off? that they're always constipated in every episode. Yes, and, and there's about ten minutes of. No, that's Dragon Ball Z. That's Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, true, Dragon Ball Z. I'm talking about original relate. Dragon Ball where they didn't really do that. It, it, it only had scenes of like Goku's penis and then. Yeah, yeah, that's so much better. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> that underage kid's penis. Right, so this is sounding more like a, a straightaway. Well, I ha- um... we haven't had any for ages, so I wanted to okay. make sure. Actually got had a... one. Uh, Ben's got to get the uh, quota of problematic up. Uh, sure, we had a very hey. culture discussion I, from out there. I, I thought we had a fantastic conversation with that. It, it was amazing. Yes. I thoroughly enjoyed that. To the point, we're going to have to actually move our anime of the week thing to next week's episode. 
because we we have talked so much. But it does. I mean, also- we could talk for another hour on um on on what we uh, I think. On yeah. we watched for yeah. this week, so yeah, oh, exactly. I like it. Be, it wouldn't give it credit if we rushed it. So, exactly. Yeah, unlike recent weeks, I think. Yeah. Oh, by it, the way, but before we switch this, do you know that Netflix sent me an email this week saying, "Did, they? Did you know that Sword Guide season two is live?" I'm like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> on the thirtieth, actually, is when it comes out. So, uh, they're, they're like, do you know it's coming soon or whatever it was? <laughs> That guy's coming back, sword guy. The sword guy. <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah. Um, should Sad we still guy. should we still recommend an anime to watch this week, and then we can just discuss both of them next? Might week? get a little long too. Yeah, I, yeah. I would say hold on. But yeah, because we still have to do Bruno and my hero. So yeah, yeah look, we we've already made this long, and there's one tiny thing we haven't dealt with this episode that I would kind of want to deal with this episode, which is Alfonso's story. Yeah, we need which to we had. All right, yes. But I wanted to leave it to the end this week. I just hadn't figured it would be this long into the end. But <laughs> still, Alfonso, um, we're gonna, first, before you tell that story, we're going to do our share and then going to end with that story. So, uh, please, uh, Twitter, at PodUnchained, for all your podcasting needs in terms of here and also PlayStation Unchained and there are plenty of other ways to listen to us like Podbean, iTunes etc etc, rate us on iTunes if you will, that is always always a helpful thing but beyond that I will go to the other guys now and just get the individual shout outs starting with Briss Uh, friends, fans, family, you guys thank you for the awesome anime discussion this week, all of you, it was Really, really, it felt really heartfelt, and it was awesome to talk about Akira for thirty years. So, oh, well, did we? Did we? <laughs> yeah, it felt like we talked to him for about thirty years. I'm all right. I'm okay. Um, yeah, Klaus. Well, I want to thank you guys again for having me on. Um, shout out to all you guys. Um, and like I said, if you're interested, we do also do a, a Final Fantasy XIV podcast, Phoenix Dawn Radio. We just had a new episode go live last night, so you can check us out at phoenixdawnradio.com if that you're interested never in that. That review makes me sad. Uh, oh, I'm sure he will. We'll give him time. Yeah. <laughs> so, I again, even guys. did ASMR for him or her. That's I true. I want to see gender. <laughs> yes, he did. I did it like this. All right, lads. <laughs> Chill out. He wants right. another sticker, apparently. Apparently. Thank you again. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me at PHXDN underscore K-L-A-U-S-S on Twitter. There you go. Alfonso, you've been quiet for a while, but before, we'll get to you again in a minute. But give us your shouts. You can find me on Twitter at AliShan7. Shout out to you guys, to our listeners, to our followers. Again... My story should be happy, but most of y'all, sad for me. Yeah, that, that's that's it. <laughs> I just, I don't want to get a breakup story. I've heard enough of them, and I would be very sad, and I'm not ending that way. So don't tell me it's a breakup no, story. No, no breakup story. Good. Otherwise, I'll just slap you. Right, Tim. Tim is stunned, so we'll move on to Chris. <laughs> <laughs> again <laughs> to me what I already went I know we'll do it again because Tim's not there so. <laughs> oh. Go on, Timmy Tim. little Timmy where are you 
Little Timmy, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> he's back. He's like, he's looking for it worked. Shout out everybody, uh, of course, uh, listeners. I'd also like to specifically, I've been thinking about this for the last two podcasts, and I don't know how I've been able to hold it in, but uh, I've been, I want to shout out Chris for not ending his friends, family, fans with my three favorite F words. <laughs> <laughs> it, it stings every time you don't do it. Please do it next time. <laughs> Much love. <laughs> Sincerely. <laughs> Uh, Ernest, again, for joining us. Always enjoy our conversation. Oh, you. Oh, oh you. you. Oh, you. Well, well, talking about you, Ernest. Um, yeah, just shout out to everyone, our listeners, um, to you guys for having me in again. Um, it's always a good time. Uh, yeah, looking forward to doing more of these. So, Fantastic. And Ben? Uh, I'd like to do a shout out to Klaus. Thanks for joining us. A shout out to Ernest. Thanks for joining us as well. It's always good to chat with you. A shout out to Alfonso. I'm looking forward to the story. A shout out to everyone that listens to us. Uh, uh, you know, at psu.podbean.com or any other type of service that you use to listen with your ears. Um, shout out to Maelstrom Radio. Go check us out at twitch.tv slash maelstromchatshearhillsitank at twitch.tv slash tank. Shout out to Evolve Mail, aka your girlfriend's favourite streamer at twitch.tv slash Evolve Mail. And a shout out to our streams at psu.tv slash PSU Live. We're currently at 644 followers. So, well, 544 followers, I think it is, yeah. So hopefully we can get, I want to get to 600 by the end of the year. That's my goal. Um, and a shout out to Broly, Broly. <laughs> that, that shout out is maximum. <laughs> Uh, ben, you, you've made me hot for followers. Um, that's everyone, right? Before we get to... Oh, yeah, Chile UK. Oh, yeah, do that. That's <laughs> it. Uh, before we get to Alfonso's story, that is everyone else, yes? Sure. Okay. <laughs> that is everyone else? Gary, to be fair, it's 20 past one in the morning. I'm tired. No, you're fine, man. My shout outs are always the same. You guys, everyone, listeners, thanks for listening. Okay. Um, I obviously pointed this out on the other podcast I'm going to point out here because this will be the first one. I am leaving PSU in the next few weeks. So, yes, just it's a heads up, really. I won't be hosting these podcasts in a, in a few weeks, and uh, it makes me very sad, but also very happy because there are a lot of lovely people here who are doing a fantastic job of keeping these things going. This, you know, as much as I host this, this podcast is nothing to do with me in a lot of ways. This is the brainchild of the rest of these guys, and I am so happy to have host this for any number of episodes. Uh, despite my, you know, being the rookie uh, of the group in terms of anime uh, and being the the bedwetter, if you will, uh, of the anime group. <laughs> oh, great, that's going to be me, isn't it? Yeah. Swoon, hey. swoon, 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 swoon. I think Neil is just so relieved and happy to be rid of us shortly in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I know I am. Yeah. He's going to pop open a bottle of champagne. <laughs> Butter <laughs> champagne. I could, you know, I could do that being on the podcast. I don't have to do that. Like, see you losers! Ah, <laughs> rides off into Bunch the sunset. Bunch of nerds! <laughs> and drives yes. off on his motorcycle. Nerds! <laughs> I wasn't getting to get into the 
Anime wankers. Yeah, you anime wankers. As much as I wasn't going to get into the emotional speech and stuff, I will say that I just, you know, it is the highlight of every Sunday is to come and do these podcasts. I have to say, I as much as I enjoy my day to day work in in terms of just doing stuff for PS2, it's just this is the stuff I will miss the most. Uh, I'm honestly never happier than to do podcasts with you guys uh, and you've been given the opportunity to do that with you guys as well you know it's to have met so many you know insightful informative people and gary has been so are you leaving today no <laughs> Well, both of this finishes its ending, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, that's a good setup, damn. Sorry, Gary. Gary, I love you first of all, really, honestly. <laughs> so, on that note, yes, I will always say keep supporting guys with this podcast and with all the podcasts on PlayStation Unchained. You have made this such fun to do as an audience. Uh, the, no matter how much you've you know, commented about it, it's been great to, to be able to keep this going with some sort of motivation going. But to end this podcast for this week, I have to say it has to be a story from the man who has made every damn episode of this particular show compelling stories. It is Alfonso Boxer with Tale of the Week. Go, Alfonso. Okay. First story. Shannon has, has now stated that the violence and the torturement towards me is now over. She's not doing it no more. And the reason she said it is because she's getting older and she don't have time for this. And my response was, it, it took you six years to figure this out? That's not a waste of time? <laughs> See, and, that, that sounds oh, like a triggering word. She said, yeah. I know I push you through a lot, but don't think you're going to get off that easy. I'm still going to fuck with you mentally. That was it. That was the end of that. So, <laughs> oh my God, that's worse. Second, second <laughs> story, the numberless. Last week, Cloud has mentioned something nice about my stories of between me and Shannon. And also by, because of Gary, how she feels that no one shows him love. She made Chris and Gary number one for this week. So I know Gary happy. <laughs> Fucking should have left last week. I just have to come along, though. Because, because you're a pair. We're a pair. God, yeah, man. package deal. You've been shipped. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> a Garris. Mm, I'll ship that. Even <laughs> though you said something nice. From last week, she did mention that you will be number one. Next is only fair. Oh, <laughs> so I knew that would make you. I didn't forget about you, Tim. She automatically said that the following week you will be. You didn't even have to say anything. That and that made me happy. And and guys, she said that you will always be number one. So I know that you happy. Oh, so be everybody's number one. Yay. Except for me, and I will get to that. I'm get to that. <laughs> now, she was upset 
that Neil didn't really have a response that he was number one last week. He only laughed. So she put him at number five, which means <laughs> he went, yeah, I do the right thing. You made the right decision. Right. So where am said, I again? Why are you doing this? Well, that would make you number two. See, basically everyone got pushed back based off this whole new number. So you would have been two. Tim would have been three. Klaus would have been four. Ernest now on the list yet because she still don't know you yet. And then That's fair. he would have been five. And then I would have been last because I'm not on the list. So that would put me to Neil. And I said, why? Why would you do this to me? And that's where the whole fuck you up mentally came in. And I said, oh, you just are fucked up in the... But now, now about Neil's departure, I'm glad to be under you. Pause. Don't don't start, Gary. Do not start. Don't start. <laughs> <laughs> She's about to psycho mantis your ass, dude. You All I'm going to say is being Gary's Change control number... reports. All I'm yeah, going to say yeah. is being Gary's number two, that means he's going to spend a lot of time with me. On the yeah. <laughs> We're going to Commander Cherry co-op that shit, man. Yes! <laughs> to finish off, Sorry, she Alan. said that everyone will become number one eventually as each week passes off, but the rule is that you have to say something genuine about her and it can't be forced. And the reason she's making this rule is because she, she feels Gary and Chris will constantly just keep shouting her out and she's like, it gotta be Jen. So well, she, she attacked y'all, said... even though she put y'all first. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's, that's the stories. Very that's nice. Oh, all right. Genuine listening. Huh? So, we can all give a message before we end the show, okay? Well, I want to go with <laughs> tell her I said hello. Yes. Tell her, is it me she's looking for? <laughs> 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 well, it yeah. be, isn't, it, isn't it us we're looking for because you know we're a team oh yeah <laughs> no 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 it's no, not no. so much we're a team we're just become, <laughs> we've become one brain <laughs> we're kind of like a split personality at this point you're, you're not James, wrong James McAvoy then yeah oh man I don't want to be compared to Chris in the same wow <laughs> see what I put up with man and on that note, why I go so crazy? <laughs> we'll no, I, I genuinely say thank you for not physically hurting Alfonso anymore. But sound <laughs> <laughs> one. Please, you for all the music. please take it easy on his mind, because <laughs> we this. If he snaps, we've seen what can happen. If he snaps, <laughs> you almost stabbed it, dude. So next week. Love you, Fonzie. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait. Well, wait. Love you too. Thank you for the story, Fonzie. It's been great. Tell Shannon thank you as well. We're it's all, it's always enjoyable to hear about you guys. So, and I do mean that. It is always great to hear stories from you. So yeah, very much so. Tell her. You better tell her. You better tell her that I'm coming for her if she doesn't put me back to number one. Right. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Tell her that Neil's leaving soon, so he wasn't for a bit. Yeah. I, I'm dying of the podcast. That, that, that is my disease, and I must be cured. And the only cure is to be put number one on her list. Yeah. Or more cowbell. More yeah. cowbell. 
Well, that would be good too. Uh, I don't even know what that is. It's more cowbell. Got a fever. Get a cowbell and then, <laughs> and then be pleased. And the only prescription is more cowbell. <laughs> In short, we can get a cowbell. I can. Like... I can see that we have a cowbell for next episode. More like the only cure is the more subscription to the podcast at psu.podbean.com. Well, there is a subscription to us. Yeah, that's a good cure. Cures everything. There is no cure for us. Yes. <laughs> so, until next week, when we'll probably go a little shorter than this week. Please. I say a little, a lot. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Uh, well, considering we started, we've done all right, I, I would say. So, you know. Not too bad. Um, until then, I will leave you with the, the most Japanese of sayings. Tatty bye.